I'm Maya Chupkov, and I'm a woman who stutters. And I'm Cynthia Chin, Maya's longtime friend, and I know nothing about stuttering. And this is Proud Stutter, a podcast about stuttering and embracing verbal diversity in an effort to change how we talk about it, one conversation at a time. Welcome back to Proud Stutter, and welcome to part two of our interview with Jerome Ellis, musician and artist and a person who stutters. He just came out with an album titled The Clearing. And in part two, we go more into the album and what Cynthia and I noticed about the album. And it's it's a really great conversation and we hope you enjoy it. I think something that's really unique about your album is all the talk that you have about intersectionality. I think oftentimes in conversations about race and, you know, ableism and anything else, we find it really hard to to incorporate anything else. I, I think it's hard for us to really imagine a conversation that allows for us to consider multiple things. Um, and I think that you do that really well. Um, and everything that you're talking about, these topics are very complicated, blackness and stuttering and time and space and music. So I think the way that you um, have connected all of those topics in your mind, um, I think it parallels really well with the way that we communicate orally. You know, we, we have to formulate our thoughts, these very complex thoughts, and then we have to translate that into spoken word. So how did you go about that process, translating all of those very complex topics and intersectionality, and then translating that into poetry that people could understand? As you were talking, I was thinking of the Audre Lorde quote about, you know, that Audre Lorde says, we don't live single issue lives, you know? Um, and I and I really take that to heart that, that, as you said, like, you know, race, race, there, there can be so much that so much good that can come from not talking or thinking about race as a single issue, but thinking about race as it is inflected by and inflects all these other um, forms of, of difference. So the clearing, the, the album and the book began as an essay. I have, you know, I have several kind of aims. One is to one is to bring things into conversation, to bring them into contact. I tell, I retell, retell this Bernie Mac joke about about a young black boy who stutters, and you know, and to to, to me that was an example of an intersection between blackness and stuttering. But then you set that next to the narrative from a formerly enslaved ancestor who describes a narrative where the angel Gabriel comes to the formerly enslaved ancestor and describes how they will the their stammering tongue will be loosed. And so these two to me examples of blackness and stuttering, you know, in conversation placed next to each other. So that was one method I used. Another method was to was to was to engage in, you know, kind of, you know, more like academic theoretical language um, as a way of trying to um, parse out some of the relationships between these things. So, for example, when thinking about blackness and music, 
you know, there are so many things to talk about with blackness and music, but what I, one of the things I wanted to focus on was the way that the historian Saidiya Hartman describes the coffle when Africans who were being brought to the auction block to be sold into slavery, the way those Africans were forced to play instruments and to sing. And so at this very specific historical, you know, knot of blackness and music, then, uh, you know, I, I, you know, talk about that very briefly. So it felt like the essay was, you know, in some ways like a mosaic of these, these, just like these, these instances of these different fields are coming into contact. I did want to get back to track eight, because there's one part of that track that really struck me. And it's when you say, do not edit me. And it's, it struck me because like, you know, as we're, as I'm doing the podcast and as we're making decisions of where to edit, it's always been very important for me to keep my stutter as part of the um, as part of the podcast, obviously. But at the same time, like I don't want to put pressure on myself to stutter. So it's this weird thing because normally I'm I'm trying not to stutter, but then sometimes in my podcast I'm just like letting go like so much of that like pressure that is built up throughout the day i find it so interesting what you're saying about like releasing from the pressures of the day not to stutter and like not wanting also not wanting to put pressure on yourself to stutter i find it is that's what that's something i'm really fascinated by with stuttering how there's this elusive quality i find that it's like sometimes when i want to stutter like when i'm on stage you know and i want to i want to to i want to I want to celebrate the stutter, then sometimes it doesn't appear. And so I've been trying to think about like, well, so there's, you know, there's involuntary stuttering, which feels like the way it, you know, it usually manifests is that the person who stutters doesn't have control over it. And then there's this other technique, voluntary stuttering, which I find, you know, I find very like philosophically very interesting because it's like, if you voluntarily stutter, are you faking it? Are you, you know, but I'm, but I think, you know, so there's these two terms. And then what I'm trying to do is like, think about it, like, in a third way, um, through this old word, um, there's this old word I encountered that is it's gralatory, G-R-A-L-L-A-T-O-R-Y. And it refers to wading birds, like herons, <clears throat> egrets. So I've been like, well, what might a gralatory stuttering might be like as a way of thinking about because I've been thinking about the way that like herons they'll just stand and wait for a fish to come and I've like spent so much time this year just like watching herons do that and I've been like well I wonder if there's a way of like thinking about stuttering that's not strictly involuntary and it's not strictly voluntary but that it, it involves some kind of waiting yeah I, I it's been interesting in the last few years like talking with people, doing interviews here and there, and being very clear with them that they, I, I don't want them to edit out my stutter, including with This American Life, you know, that um, I was very clear with them um, that I wanted to be edited out. 
So I'm really glad that resonated with you. Thank you. I it's I I sometimes forget about that line, you know, because it's um it's kind of short, you know, like it's a short short kind of simple sentence, but I'm really glad that it's in there, you know. I was very explicit too when I did um when I did the interview with NPR, I was like, yeah, you like you need to include my my stutter and they did and it was it was beautiful and i was i was so proud of my stutter in that moment because it was like cuz other people who stutter might hear that and think oh wow like she stuttered like that's like that's like me and if she can do it i can do it too i really want to ask this question but it's it's kind of complicated so bear with me um when I listened to your album a second time, I understood why I thought listening to the first track the first time, I was thinking in my head, oh, like I didn't really hear you stutter. And then, and I, I initially thought your blocks were just part of the music and blending. And then in track two, you talk about how you never really know if it's a block or if it's like, intention if it's an intention to you know it's part of the music or is it really just like me blocking so I'm wondering was that your intention with saying that and talking more about your stutter in track two and then leaving track one kind of like a mystery yeah Maya I just wanted to say I noticed the exact same thing (laughs) yeah I love this question I no one's asked me this before uh, definitely, that was intentional. Yeah, I mean, so much of what I find so beautiful about the stutter is is the mystery and all the mysteries. I feel I've hold so many mysteries, and I wanted to try to honor a few of those on the album. And one of the ones I wanted to honor was like, yeah, like not revealing it right at fr- right up at the front, and like I wanted the listener to be in a state of unknowing, like why, like why is this pause happening? Like, is it intentional? Is it not intentional? Is there something wrong with the microphone? You know, like, I just, I, I, I find that, that state of unknowing so important. Um, because I, I, cause I think there's so much of that in life that like, like, even when I like, I approach like a tree or something and I, some trees I, you know, I can identify, like, I'm like, that's an oak tree, but some, I don't know what they are. And I, and I, it's like, I think there's, sometimes I approach a tree and I don't know what kind of tree it is. And I'm like, and I have the impulse to like take out my phone and, and use the plant app and like take a picture of the leaf and identify it. But sometimes I'm like, like, no, like, let me just like stand and just like be in front of the, of, of the unknowable, of my, my ignorance and like my not knowing what, like, and my not being able to grasp this truth, my name, because Cause you know, cause I I find part of what so much I'm I'm interested too is with like the word stutter, you know, it, it, to many people it means so many different things, but part of my experience as a person stutter is because of the glottal block, is not as common in certain media. You know, I grew up watching Porky Pig, you know, who who repeats you know repeats his syllables a lot, but he doesn't really glottal block, and and the the King speech doesn't really do that, you know. Um, Biden doesn't really do that. And so like what part so much of my experience, including on the phone so often is like somebody, I feel like if on the phone, if I were, if I were 
repeating the first syllable of a book title, then they then they would be less likely to hang up because they would hear like, and they might be like, oh, he's stuttering right now. But because the glottal block so often sounds silent, I experience this so often, just like as a daily fact of my life is that like people often don't know what's happening. And I, and I, and it's like, it's been so painful for so many years, but I gradually have been able to be like that, not knowing there's something important there. And I, there's this book that really means a lot to me called the cloud of unknowing. And it's, it's, it's from the middle ages. Um, and it's, it's by, um, a monk and it's a book of largely about prayer, but he talks, it's, but it talks about like how we, we can, approach God through knowledge and we could approach God through love and that the approaching God through love is ultimately ultimately brings us closer to God and it we often have to like leave knowledge behind and I think about that a lot like that like that track one that like somebody might be in a state of like uncertainty and even like be uncomfortable because they're like what's happening and I find that really important as opposed to like opening the album saying like, hey, I speak with a stutter, so here's what's going on. And then going, you know. Um, so then, yeah, it was intentional that in track two, then I, then, then I like reveal a bit more. So that then the listener gets an analogous experience to what happens in track four with the bookseller. Because the bookseller also doesn't know what's happening. And, and, and what I find so interesting is that so often the person on the other end, it feels like they think they, like there seems to be a great confidence that sometimes it feels like the thought process is like, well, I don't hear any sound. I'm going to say hello a few times. I think the most likely scenario is that the line has dropped, which is very reasonable. But it's just like not, that's just not true. It's not what, what's happening. And so then, so it becomes a question of like, if epistemology too just like how do like like when do we think we know what we know but we don't actually know and i think the stutter just like holds that so beautifully so it was very intentional yeah and i'm really glad to hear you you both um have that experience because i was i was like oh it's a little risky to like you know to like confuse the listener but i i i really thought it was important thank you for approaching it that way i think it's it was very well executed. And the last question I have about the album, and then we have um, just a few quick um, closing questions. But my next question around, about your album is around track six. This is where you also introduce Milta. And I just loved how she explained your stuttering as a form of ancestral wisdom. Yeah, I was just blown away. And I'm just wondering, like, um, like how, if you can kind of just go more into your relationship with your mentor. Um, so, so right now, um, she has undergone a, an initiation. Um, and so her name currently is Yawo Milta, but at, at the time her name was, was Milta. Um, and, um, yeah, I met her in 2019, I think. In New York, I, when I was working on a um, wonderful work of theater and performance called Reconstruction with um, a company called The Team. And um, Milta, 
Yawamuta is a long-time anti-racist um, organizer. And, um, yeah, and, and just, like, as we got to know each other, she would just, you know, she would just say, 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 um, say things to me about, like, how my stutter sh struck her. And she, um, and the, in her spiritual practice, she has a really strong connection with, with with the ancestors and she she told me about that and so then when I wrote the abstract for the essay that this work is based on I sent the abstract to her and the rest of the company and what she, what she reads on track six was her response to reading the abstract where I was already talking about blackness stuttering and music together so um yeah and, and it's just like it's really important for me in the album to you know have these three phone calls you know the bookseller part one, part two, and then with Yawa Milta, because Yawa Milta, to me, I want to include hers because it's an example of a phone call where, one, I don't need to disclose the stutter. She already knows about it. And two, two where I feel totally safe stuttering and and where it's a, it's a conversation that is so healing, you know, um, and, and, our, and many of our conversations between she and I are so healing. So I really wanted to like have a progression of phone calls from, you know, one that is, you know, where I get interrupted in a way, two where I don't get interrupted, you know, but it's, you know, I have to disclose. And then three where it's just, it's just a, a bath, you know, of, of just like care and wisdom. So, yeah, I'm so grateful that, um, and I, and I, you know, I told her, I asked her, I was like, can you record what you wrote to me? for this album I'm, I'm working on and she was very happy to um and then we and then I recorded that that phone call so yeah it's I'm I'm so 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 grateful to her and and um and and you know yeah like in the in the album and the book I tried to you know present a, a multiplicity of viewpoints on on stuttering you know so there's my viewpoint but there's also Yawa Milta's viewpoint and and there's you know there's Bernie Mac's viewpoint and, you know, and um, try to, you know, try to present a bit of a kaleidoscope. That's beautiful. And so as we wrap up, um, I did want to ask and leave our listeners who are curious um, what you're working on next and what can we expect from you Um yeah, so if you can talk talk about like what's next for you, and also, are you planning to to do any like live performances at all? I don't know. That might. I, I was just that was a question that kind of came to me. Yeah, I'm definitely doing live performances. Um, I'll be doing performing in Philadelphia March fifteenth, in Savannah, Georgia, February tenth. The Savannah one will will be focused on the clearing. I'll be performing in Europe in April and May, various places. Um, uh, New York City, I think, in February a bit. But I'm looking. I'm looking to like, you know, tour more with the clearing. So you know, if any of your listeners are interested in hosting an event or something like that, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really interested in. I love engaging with people with the work, and then. Um, what I'm working on, yeah, so I'm working on the essay, as I mentioned earlier, where I'm trying to think about stuttering by thinking about herons, 
and waiting birds in general. Um, and that's, um, that'll be for a, a anthology of essays on, um, or a collection of essays about bodies and, and, and performance. And, uh, and then I'm working on a, on a book, a next book where I'm book series of performances, music. It's all a very hybrid project, like the clearing that is focused on a, on archives of advertisements from newspapers in the 18th and 19th centuries that are advertisements for, um, enslaved people who have run away from um, those who believe that they are their masters. And um, it's a work of poetry following in the tradition of the poet M. Bessie Philip, her book Zong, where she creates a book of poetry by rearranging and creating anagrams from the words of a legal case about an 18th century massacre of Africans on a ship. And so in this project, I'm creating poems and songs by rearranging um, words in the in the advertisements. And there's a subset of these advertisements for enslaved ancestors who who stutter. So it's further, you know, a way of further thinking about black history and stuttering together. And for example, you know, there's a line from one of the pieces that is um, it goes, a stutter is an occasion to be present in complex thought. And the line is formed entirely from words or fragments of words from the advertisement. The word complex from, comes from the word uh, complexion because the advertisement describes the complexion of the enslaved ancestor in a way. Um, occasion comes from a sentence that I, I believe it's, it's talking about a scar on the ancestor that was occasioned by, occasioned by a, a lash, I believe. Um, and so all the words are, you know, are taken from the ad. And, and so then new language arises. These, these, these images arise that I might not have arrived at had I not been like restricting myself to these, these, documents and and the documents seem to be you know doc they are documents of you know violence but also documents of you know um of escape and 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 resistance wow sounds like you have quite a busy year ahead and we are very much looking forward to following you along and following your work we will be sure to include the shows that Jerome mentioned in our show notes, so be sure to check that out. And if you haven't done so, we highly, highly recommend listening to Jerome's new album, The Clearing. Thank you so much, Jerome, for being with us. It was such a rich conversation, and I am going to be thinking about all the things we talked about for a long time. And that's it for Proud Stutter. Thank you all and see you next time. And that's it for this episode. I'm Maya. And I'm Cynthia. And you've been listening to Proud Stutter. This episode of Proud Stutter was produced by me, Maya Chupkov. And edited by me, Cynthia Chen. Our music was composed by Augusto Denise and our artwork by Mara Ezekiel and Noah Chupkov. 
If you have an idea or want to be part of future episodes, find us on Twitter at ProudStutter. You can also find us at www.proudstutter.com. Drop us a note or share a voice memo. What's your stuttering story? What topics would you like us to cover? And what are you curious about? And if you like the show, you can leave us a review wherever you are listening to this podcast. More importantly, tell your friends to listen too. Until we meet again, thanks for listening. Be proud and be you.